This is the John Oakley Show podcast. A 14-year-old youth last year, you might recall, uh, a grade 9 student case uh, at St. Mike's College where there was a, a lot of bullying originally alleged, and then, of course, uh, some people pled guilty to that, one still waiting to go to trial, as I understand it. But uh, now the 14-year-old who was assaulted viciously uh, with a broom, this was a, a case that really repulsed uh, a lot of people and uh, draw it put this into uh, sharp relief. Uh, the teen and the parents are now trying to uh, get permission from a judge to file claims in a civil suit. Joining us on the line, uh, the individual is, I guess, using a pseudonym of uh, John Doe, but the family's co-counsel, Justin Linden and Ian McKinnon, are with us here on the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hi, John. Thank you. Justin, let me ask you, first of all, uh, what you're initiating here, I guess, this is the first step in a civil suit. Is that re- a requirement? Uh, well, it's not a requirement, but because it involves a young person, we're taking this step to ask the court for permission to proceed under a pseudonym to protect his identity. Okay, with all the members, the family, and uh, the child. Now, yeah. in a in a suit of this nature, uh, tell me how that works. I mean, first of all, what what is the actual nature of the complaint? So, as you know, multiple assailants pled guilty to offenses against this young man. So the claim is brought essentially at two levels. One is against the assailant, the assailants for perpetrating the assaults against him, which they pled guilty to. And the second is a claim of negligence against the school for not protecting the child from something like this, you know, providing adequate protection to their students. I mean, you can just imagine when you send your child to school, the first thing you hope for is that they'll be safe, if nothing else. And, you know, as we know in this case, based on the guilty pleas, this child was far from safe. And, you know, what's disturbing is it's, it's, you know, it isn't like this just happened in some dark corner in the middle of the night somewhere on the street. This is in a school where the parents were paying substantial tuition for a private education for their son. And, and you know, what happened is just it's beyond brutal and beyond description. Pardon my ignorance on the matters of the law, but uh, yes, we had individuals already plead guilty, uh, so those are no longer allegations. That's uh, pretty much confirmed. Uh, in your civil suit, are these still allegations of negligence, et cetera, et cetera? So they're allegations because they're in a claim, but they're supported by admissions made by the accused by way of a guilty plea. So we're allowed to rely on those guilty pleas. Mm-hmm that they made in the criminal context in our civil case. I mean, it'd be very hard for them to say it didn't happen after they pled guilty, right? Right. Okay. Uh, well, and then the evidence then would be uh, used, the same evidence, to substantiate your claims? Yes. I see. Yes. Uh, I mean, once they pled guilty, it, you know, it's, like I said, it's very hard for them to say it didn't happen. Right. Uh, but you've expanded the context of people that would be implicated here beyond the actual people who pled guilty or are facing trial for the assault. Uh, this has everybody who had, uh, can we say, a duty of care? Yes. Okay. Uh, who are those people? Can we name them? So, you know, just because the matters before the court, we'd rather not um, identify them as individuals. We can simply say that, you know, we've named the school and we've named uh, who, you know, key staff members that we believe will be found to have a duty of care to this young man. But I think at this time, at least, you know, we, because we're seeking a publication ban, we'd rather not name individuals. I don't think it would be fair or appropriate. All right. Uh, aside from the school, number of individuals, can you give me a ballpark number? Um, certain staff members that we say were responsible for the safety of this young man and other participants in the athletic program mm-hmm. and other administrative staff. I see. The number 1.65 million has come up. I'm kind of curious. How do you arrive at that? 
So there are different claims that are made. There's a claim for pain and suffering, a claim for any potential cost of care, and we're also seeking a punitive damage award because the conduct was so egregious. Okay, and uh, how do we quantify that or uh, substantiate the pain and suffering? I mean, I've read in the account uh, depression, anxiety, sleepless nights, and so on and so forth. Uh, can you just confirm that or uh, elaborate on that and then tell us how you quantify the amount? I mean, what happens is at the end of the day, you know, the court will make a determination of what a fair and appropriate award is. So they'll take into account, you know, the nature of the assault. They'll take into account the type of treatment the individuals had to go through, how they're doing when it's all said and done. And uh, if the court agrees with us that there should be a punitive award, the court sets that award. Um, you know, a lot of times the award is measured or designed to, you know, have an impact. So the court will decide what it's going to take to send a message to the people that did this. Is any of this based on precedence? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you have other cases that are a template and uh, this, yes. and the court takes that under advisement. Uh, Although I can tell you, I've never seen a case um, where an assault like this was so brutally perpetrated, you know, by children against another child. So, you know, it's going to be tough to find something quite like this. Well, is that a mitigating factor that these might have been peers, uh, younger people? Uh, does that enter the equation at all? I think it makes it worse. You sort of wonder why, you know, boys would do this to, to one of their mates, right? One of their teammates. Like, why? It just it defies belief. Or a lack of supervision. You know, like I said, the, the one thing you should be able to expect as a parent is that when you drop off your child, they're going to be safe. Again, Justin Linden, Ian McKinnon are with us. Their co-counsel on the file, including uh, concerning John Doe and the civil suit being launched against St. Mike's and uh, other uh, participants in uh, this matter that dealt with, uh, well, it's a crime, certainly, that uh, people have pled guilty to, the sexual assault in the locker room a year ago or so. Uh, how do you project forward about the potential damages to your client, I mean, psychologically, emotionally, and all the rest of that, or do you? Well, I mean, it's hard to, to project. It's the kind of thing clinically, you know, a psychologist will ultimately give us a report on. I mean, we hope that he has as, as strong a recovery as he can, and we hope that he can get past it. You know, we hope that he can move on, but this is this is a tough one to move on from. Right, uh, and I'm guessing in your civil suit uh, you'll be calling numerous witnesses. Will those include some of the people who are uh, actually uh, found guilty or pled guilty to the affair? Well, we've, we've sued them, so we will, um, you know, tender into evidence those guilty pleas, and I imagine that, you know, they're going to come and give evidence when the, when the trial takes place. It was also uh, reported, I remember at the time, it was very controversial that the principal uh, actually waited about a day and a half. It was a media report that first came to the attention of the police before the principal actually reported this. Uh, does that, boy, I don't know if you can answer the question, uh, suggest that there's culpability on that front? I mean, the real claim against the school is that they didn't provide a safe environment to the child. During the course of the civil case, we're entitled to have what's called a discovery, which means we're actually entitled to question the people that were responsible at the school and for the team at the time. So all that will come out in the civil case. When do you anticipate a statement of defense from the school and the others? Well, on November 4th, uh, Ian is actually going to court um, to ask the court for the order allowing us to proceed under John Doe. At that point, if the order is granted, our claim gets issued and served, and the defendants have 30 days to respond. How's John Doe doing these days? Is he back in school anywhere? Not at St. Mike's, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, I want to be I want to be careful to protect his privacy rights. I just, you know, he uh, he's been through the ringer. 
and uh, you know I have a lot of respect for him being able to stand up to this and being able to sort of come forward and and seek redress. He's he's had a tough time. Now, typically uh, with the defendants, uh, how would they go about it? Would they uh, defend piecemeal, or would it be in conjunction with one another, sort of under one umbrella legal representation? Well, there's sort of, I guess there's two separate interests, right? So there's the school and their staff is one interest, and then, you know, the individual assailants will probably be represented separately. Um, I mean, they don't have a commonality of interest with the school. In fact, they're probably opposed in interest. So, so they'll probably all have separate counsel. And what's the sense? If you're in court November 4th, uh, typically cases like this, how long do they take to wind their way through the legal system? Usually it takes anywhere from about a year to two years, and the time frame is really designed to allow the damages to be properly assessed. I mean, like I said, in, in one of the real strengths of this case is you actually have guilty pleas. You don't always have that. A lot of times you'll have assailants who have committed acts denying they ever happened, but, but here we have the benefit of guilty pleas, so that'll speed it up. As I said, I mean, it certainly takes one issue off the table. And so uh, is the end game to reach some amicable settlement? The end game is to obtain justice and compensation for this young man. Understood. Gentlemen, I appreciate your time this afternoon. We'll watch this one with interest. Thank you, Mr. Oakley. You got it. Justin Linden, Ian McKinnon, co-counsels on uh, this case surrounding the young man who was uh, victimized at St. Mike's College. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh, my God. The ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hurry. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.